You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. This show contains information about injuries to riders competing in AMA Supercross, AMA Motocross, MXGP, Ozpro MX, and other international moto events. The information discussed may be unsettling to some listeners. It might be incomplete or based on medical opinions due to riders tending to hide the details of their injuries. We are here to explain the information and increase injury understanding and visibility for the fans. There might be coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If any of this offends you, turn us off right now. That's right, Moto fans. I'm not a doctor. I'm also not a physiologist. I'm not a physician. And let's be honest, chiros aren't doctors either. But I am a physiotherapist. And this is the Always Moto Podcast. This is episode 22. Welcome. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, David Hogan. Uh, as I've been described on a couple of videos this week, the Moto fan from down under uh, that has a physiology background. So look, awesome to be here, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's been a busy, busy week for me. Uh, the day job has been smacking me difficultly all over the head all week, uh, but we've managed to get here and record this podcast, and I can't wait to talk to you guys. It's also been a big week on the injury side of things, not necessarily injuries occurring, um, just some information that I've got here um, in terms of the Eli Tomac update that then led to a few of those things that you would have seen where the, my content has been used on Racer X and by Roto Moto or Roto X Moto, however you want to say it. Um, if you listen to Pulp, he's got about five different names. So it's been a great week for me on that side of things. We've got to pick up a few more viewers, hopefully uh, on, on those on the social pages, but hopefully we'll get a few more listeners on the podcast because of that. Uh, so if you're new to the show, welcome on board, guys. This is where you get the best injury updates uh, from the AMA Supercross, and it will be AMA Motocross that we'll be doing this for as well. Um, so you'll hear all that. We also throw in bits and pieces from time to time across MXGP, across the Ozpro MX, because obviously I am Australian. Uh, and I do have one eye on that series as well. Uh, so welcome on board, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, this show, uh, we will be talking about uh, the injuries that come from round 16 in the Monster Injury Supercross. Uh, and we'll be heading to round 17. And if anyone new is popping back into the series, which is a big no, spoiler alert. Uh, and we'll also be going through um, so a couple of reviews of some injuries that have happened over the season and some things that we hear are happening ready for outdoors. Uh, and I've just got a couple of a view on something that's interesting there that I'll share with you guys later in the show. Uh, we'll also go through our Always Moto Fantasy League that we play over on Pulp MX. We'll see who won the Denver round. 
had a reasonable round myself finally uh, and see who's leading the series heading into that last round. Uh, so we'll do all that later in the show. At the end of the show, as always, this week we've got back into the swing of it properly. We missed out last week. This week we've got privateer Kawasaki rider TJ Albright. He's joined us on the show for an interview this week. He returned to racing uh, when it was the last East Coast round at Foxborough. He managed to break a wrist back a few weeks earlier at the Indy round, uh, and he made his return to that Foxborough round. Uh, did okay, uh, but he talks to us about how how his injury recovery went, a couple of hiccups that he had along the way. So stick around for that interview. It's a good listen. Uh, he was tra- he was good enough to catch up to us while he was doing his 30-odd-hour drive uh, from where he was at his home base there in Foxborough uh, all the way over to Salt Lake for this weekend's round. So he's he had a long drive ahead of him. I think he's there by now. Um, but, yeah, he'll be getting ready for the last round on Saturday this weekend there for round 17. So another big show, guys guys and girls coming at you. Um, It's going to be awesome. So as always, the Always Moto podcast in the emergency department, the show is brought to you by... Nope, still still nobody. It's just brought to you by me. <laughs> it's always Moto. It's just me, David Hogan, bringing you the show. We are looking for some sponsors. We'll hopefully have some news on something happening there shortly. Uh, but look, we do have some merch that we are dropping. I'm getting them physically here. They are they are in the country now. We, we have them. They're out of mate's house. I've got to just get them and put them up so we can pop them up online for purchase. We have got t-shirts, black t-shirts with the Always Moto logo, smack bang on the front. You're going to look like Superman when you're walking around the track with this shirt on, uh, except it's going to be Always Moto on the front, center, just in case you missed that. Black, nice gray logo. Um, they are $25 plus postage and handling. We want you to send us an email alwaysmoto2019 at gmail.com to get that shirt order in. We just need your shirt size and your address for posting and we'll be in touch about payment which will be through PayPal uh, but we will get those details to you once you send us that email with that t-shirt order. So please get those orders in guys and girls. We really need the support and that will keep this show with the lights on um, because currently it's a little dark here in this room. Anyway, moving on. So, uh, I've lost my spot in all this crud. All right, so let's go. Let's jump straight into the show, guys. Uh, so let's jump in. We got some injuries uh, that we need to talk about. Um, first and foremost, at Denver, congratulations to Eli Tomac on his championship that he won. Well earned. Um, very surprising considering the bike switch uh, last season. Considering that Yamaha hadn't won anything since what was it, 2009 with uh, James Stewart, that was the last championship, and I think it was 2012 was the last race win or 11, one of those two. So it's been quite a while since Yamaha had any success in that uh, 450 class. So well done to Eli and the Star Racing Yamaha team. And look, thanks to those guys on that team uh, that I was in touch with after Eli dropped that news on the podium that he had an injury to the knee at Atlanta. So as soon as that dropped, I reached out to a couple of contacts, uh, tried to get to Eli, obviously probably after the championship, probably wasn't the best time to try and make a first contact with the guy. 
Uh, in hindsight, that's probably not useful. But anyway, we tried all, and all the same. But we were in touch with one of the te- the 250 team manager there, uh, and he actually didn't know anything about it either. It was news to him, which was quite amusing. I also asked him, tried to find out if he knew if Eli used knee braces, and he basically gave that emoji of the you know the arm arms uh, shoulder shrug with the arms up. So he didn't know shit at that point, which was quite amusing to me. But uh, we we've managed to reach we managed to do something different, which has then sparked some attention for us across the week. So Eli has an MCL injury, which is your medial collateral ligament. It's the ligament in the inside of your knee, uh, on the inside of your knee, sorry, not inside, on the inside of your knee. Uh, And it goes across the joint line. It attaches your tibia to your femur and stops your knee uh, pivoting or supports your knee when it pivots into the inside or you put a vulgar stress, which is basically just take your, uh, if your foot gets pushed outwards whilst your knee is held. Now, if you watch the, the video that we, that's been seen around now on social media, and if you see that post that I put out, you'll see exactly when that happened. And it's quite obvious in that scenario in that corner in Atlanta, when his foot got caught, and his body kept going away from him, but his foot was stuck, and the bike went into like a low side position, he put that vulgar stress on that knee, and he definitely would have torn that MCL at that point. That's where we got to the post that uh, has now been seen by quite a few people and used on a couple of different sites. And I made that post after I saw that video. Thanks to Aaron, uh, not Aaron, uh, thanks to Mitch Kendra um, for pointing out that he thought there was a point in that race that was the the issue to look for. Um, No thanks to the damn publishing rights of all these NBCs and whoever else is involved in all this crap. The region shit that goes on with these YouTube and and those media sources because I'm in Australia and I'm not the one that's allowed to see it because this was only broadcast in the US. Who gives a shit these days? Anyway, managed to find it, couldn't then screenshot the video or screen record the video off my phone, ended up having to take a dodgy ass photo from the um, the image that I was, the video I was watching on the computer screen with my phone, and that was as good as we could get for the clarity. But I managed to put that post out because I felt that I knew exactly what had happened on it, and I put it out right before anyone knew anything about it. Uh, And then obviously Eli came out on the Pulp Show and confirmed that that was exactly the injury. Uh, And then so so Mitch Kendra then actually run my post in his update that he ran on Racer X. Subsequently too, Roto Roto X Moto over there, Donnie, um, he's grabbed grabbed my content and popped it in his uh, video where he was speculating about the injury as well. Uh, And then subsequently another video from from Donnie on Roto X Moto. He's put it in there when I put up my second post after it was all confirmed where I've explained a bit further as to what that means for the injury, which is awesome. Thanks for that, guys. I really appreciate the love. I really appreciate that you you know use the content because you obviously value what the information is in there and also that uh, you, you actually use the logo. You know, you use my information, but you used my logo as well. So, you know, go back to that whole thing about, you know, plagiarizing and all that sort of crap. I love that you used it, and look, I feel feel privileged that you'd put me on those sorts of pages. Uh, it's fantastic, so thank you again, guys. So let's talk the injury button now. So the MCL, as Eli said on the Pulp Show, and I don't think he really understood this when he was saying it, but it is in fact one of the only ligaments in the knee that will actually, and one of the only structures in the knee that will uh, repair itself uh, in its own time without surgical intervention. And that's purely down to, when we talk about recovery and ability to recover on its own, it basically purely comes down to blood flow. And if you've got a ample amount of blood flow to an area, 
well, it has the best chance to get red blood cells uh, and oxygenated and basically have a repair process occur as best it can. If it has dodgy blood flow um, or very little blood flow to the area, and you can tell that when you look at it by the color of the tissue, if it's not bright red, it's not getting good blood flow. And so things like meniscuses in the knee, labrums in the shoulder, they're white, they're shiny and they're white they get bugger all blood flow. They will not regenerate themselves. They will not repair themselves. The MCL on the other hand is actually part of a larger fascia that goes over the inside of the knee. And that fascia also then is part of the hamstring groups that come down from the back of your legs and actually attaches and crosses over that whole area where the MCL runs. Because of that tendon and that muscle belly that's on that tendon of the hamstrings and into that fascia, it actually gets good blood flow. Um, so it's actually able to repair itself, which is fantastic. Now that goes for all grades of injury in the MCL there. So grade one being minor tissue disruption, grade two being a partial tear, and grade three being a complete tear. So in this instance, I think he's somewhere between grade two and grade three. Um, and that then means it's about a four to six week recovery time frame for Eli. Considering this happened in Atlanta, um, he's already two weeks or so into it, but he has ridden, so he probably irritated that recovery period. So he's probably at least still three weeks away from being um, fully repaired, which is still fantastic considering he's got basically four weeks just under now um, to get ready for the start of the outdoor season. And hence, that's why Eli has then said to everybody that he was a 98% chance of missing this weekend's race at Salt Lake. Because why would you risk missing the start of the outdoor season and the potential chance at another championship by racing one more race that you don't need to race in just because you, because you've already won that championship. It's already done and dusted. He doesn't need to be there. Um, the bonus for the race win, he's probably not going to get cause he's injured as everybody's seen, he's been able to run the pace early, but as soon as that pain starts to kick in and probably a little bit of, um, fatigue in that area, cause it's, he will be compensating. Um, and then the pain will build up and the swelling will occur. Why would you risk it? He's not going to get the, get a big um, bonus for the race. Um, he's going to get a bit of better, massive, better bonus. If he gets a championship in the outdoors, um, just get ready for that. So look, he'll probably be, he said he'd be at the track this weekend in Salt Lake. I dare say if you keep an eye on it, he might be in a pair of pants and he'll have a little knee brace or some taping on underneath it. Um, I'd be surprised if he uh, didn't because it's just something that he will want to protect while he's letting that recovery occur. There really is nothing that he will be doing different to that knee um, to encourage that recovery or he doesn't have to. It will do it on its own time so long as you don't irritate it any further. So it's, it's something that, you know, I've heard a few of the media guys speculating, oh, he sounded, he sounded a bit iffy. He, he, well, we don't think that'll recover in time. You guys know nothing about that side of things. I find it funny that you comment on it, to be honest, because you don't know what's going on there. And, and he's come out and said what it is. And, you know, you need to pay attention to those sorts of things. And that's where, um, you know, this podcast and my little background in, in allied health in physiotherapy helps me understand these injuries and to put out some information that hopefully, and I won't always be correct, don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect, but hopefully we'll get some more accurate ideas of how long these things are taking and how long they should take. And if they come back sooner, we can understand that there's a potential risk or they're just supermaning it at that point. And, uh, you know, there may be a super, super healer. We refer to them as in, in the, in the industry. So, uh, look, 
we're just trying to put out some more content that's different and interesting and and hopefully informative for you guys about this. And look, Eli's injury is an is a prime example of where I had some information based on something that I could see that nobody else would probably understand to the same degree. So, or not nobody else, any other physio or other physician in that sort of area should you know, sports physicians should have seen the same thing. I'm just here on the media platform putting it out there and risking what I what I know to be proven might be wrong at some point. So look, I'm going to be wrong at some point, but I took this one as, for the W and, and I'm running with it. So that's where we're at. All right, next injury. We've got Henry Miller. Uh, Henry Miller went down in one of those uh, races there in, in Denver uh, and he has managed to injure his shoulder. Now, We've reached out to him recently, um, but no update from Henry at this stage. I dare say that it'll be something along the lines of maybe he's got a history of a shoulder dislocation and he might have done it again. Maybe he's got an old labral tear in there and he's just irritated that. Uh, but it sounds like he's missing this weekend in uh, in Salt Lake. Uh, so look to, for him to be out for probably a couple of weeks. Maybe this is just a way to sit out and be ready for outdoors. But a lot of these guys, it's it's interesting. Not all of these privateers are doing, obviously, the outdoor season because they can't afford to, sponsorship deals, all that sort of thing. So as much as he's missing this round, we don't really know what his plans are at this stage uh, until we see or hear from him about whether he's trying to get to outdoors or not and whether that injury will actually affect that that plan or not. So we'll wait and see on, on Henry. We'll hopefully have more updates on him uh, once we get something from him in subsequent shows. So watch out for that, guys. And Benny Bloss, unfortunately, we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago now, uh, but he missed the Denver round due to COVID. Uh, so clearly COVID still going around, still causing guys to miss rounds. So, But he should be back uh, for Denver. And look... I, Oh, sorry, not Denver. He should be back for Salt Lake. It's not really a return. I'm not really counting that one as a return. That's why I said there's no one coming back as such. But it's just he missed one round, It's and it wasn't an injury. All right, next one, Jesse Flock. Everybody saw him go into the back wheel of Jerry Robbins' bike uh, in that 250 heat, and that was a bit ugly, uh, to say the least. But surprisingly, when we checked in with Jesse, his legs were sore, yeah, but he said the worst thing was his elbow was sore from whacking the ground, <laughs> which was amazing. You look at that and think, shit, his legs are going to be all ripped up. And he didn't even really care about what happened to his legs at that point. So that was quite interesting. It's amazing what the visual thing is. It's not always the first thing that is actually the problem. You've got to pay more attention to what's going on in the whole process there. All right, so that's the updates. There wasn't too many from uh, Denver, which was good. But like I said in a previous show, we're getting to the point where the end of the season has come through. We've had massive amounts of injuries. Uh, so there's actually not many injuries now at this point in the season because we don't have that many guys left to get injured. They've already out injured. So look, it's, that's where it's up to. Uh, but yeah, so small injury list there. Eli Tomac, Henry Miller, Benny Bloss, Jesse Flock. Um, and we will be moving on to uh, Salt Lake and we'll see what happens at that last round there. So let's take a quick break, guys. And girls, we'll take a quick break. I keep forgetting that sometimes. I usually try and do that quite well, but we forgot it there. Sorry, girls. Hey, this is Cade Namrine, riding for Monster Energy, Luke Soil, KTM, Team Tata Racing, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, we're back. Uh, just a little opinion piece I wanted to touch on before we get too much further into the show. So interestingly, there's been some talk in the other media sources 
about the fill-in rides as such for the outdoors and particularly around Max Anstey and Joey Savacci and how they seem to be battling over the uh, spot that Adam Cincerullo has left vacant uh, for the outdoor season. AC came out recently and said that he's going to take the full amount of time to let his ACL injury recover, uh, which is generally six months. Uh, which then basically puts him, you know, three quarters of the way through outdoors and completely, you know, there's no point trying to make it back after that. So he might as well take the full year off to get that knee completely strong, let that graft thicken because over the time it gets thicker and the rooting that it goes back into the bone gets stronger. So it's actually worthwhile him taking the additional time to recover, which is a good idea. Now, interesting enough, obviously, Max Anstey seemed to be the one that was the shoe-in for the Kawasaki ride based on the fact that Joey Savacci also had an ACL injury early this season. Now, the interesting part is that that, that storyline flipped in recent times, and it seems that Joey Savacci is going to be the one that's on the Kawasaki, not Max Anstey. Now, I find this interesting in that Joey has been interacting with me on Twitter a little bit, and pointing out that he had two good legs already, and he has had for four weeks, and he's been on the bike for four weeks already. Now, that is, you know, obviously news was news to Kawasaki, and they've then taken him on as the preferred option, having a known history with him from his time with them only a couple of years ago. Now, why is it that Joey Savacci can be ready from an ACL repair around the same time as Adam Cincerullo, but Adam Cincerullo can't be, and Joey gets to take his bike for the outdoors. Well, this is the one that's that this is where it gets a little little confusing because we don't know completely all the details right. But Joey Savacci did his ACL around the 11th of January. Only 10 days or so later, around the 22nd of January, Adam Cincerullo did his ACL. So we've got about a week to 10 day period where they've done them in a different, like the ACL. Now they both had them operated on within about a week or so, at least what I understand anyway, they had them operated reasonably quickly. Now, the basically they should have the same recovery point, which should be about six months down the track. So why is it that Joey is already riding a bike at about three months? Good question, you can't really answer that one. It all depends on the surgical technique used, the graft used, and what limitations the surgeon wants to put on you post-op as to whether you follow those exactly and you know work past that on your own accord. And the reference point for this is then obviously RJ Hampshire from, from about two years ago when the COVID period was happening and he got these ACL done and was back ready for outdoors uh, in about 10 weeks post-op which was ridiculous time frame there is no way that thing was ready but he managed to make it work so i believe that the reason that joey would be ready is one he's got 10 days head start but 10 days ain't enough in this this scenario he might have got a different graft type which might be more along the lines of having a lars graft which is an artificial graft it's not actually taken from you or He's used the cadaver graft, which is from, as you would expect, from a dead body. It's a donor graft. They cut it out and they put it into you. So those two options then don't require any recovery of you from another body body area. 
So if they use then say a patella tendon graft, a quadricep tendon graft, or a hamstring tendon graft, those things then require you to rehab that area as well as the ACL area. So maybe he avoided that by having the Lars or the cadaver graft, which would be part of the reason. And maybe AC did one of the other options and that would make the, his, the, the two differences in timeframes start to emerge. Uh, but the, maybe the other side of this is that uh, there was no post-op complications and maybe AC had some, don't know, maybe he had a small infection. Maybe it's also because Adam Cincerullo might have had an, um, an ACL repair on this knee in the past. Um, maybe Joey hasn't had one in the past. Maybe it's also because they did a different technique within and the surgeon has required more recovery time for AC. Maybe Joey's surgeon is just the type that's like, it scans well, it's in place. I can see that it's recovered from all my imaging that they will do, MRI scans, etc. post-op. And once he went past a certain date, if he had no pain and he had reasonable right to left strength in comparable activities, he just let him go and said, whatever you want will be. The other thought is from me, knowing the industry and knowing that Joey lost a ride and Adam has a ride secured and will probably have another ride secured shortly with the contract extensions and whatnot. Joey, on the other hand, does not. Joey needs to be out on the bike to try and get a contract. Joey's probably had to work a lot harder and push a lot more barriers way earlier than he might want to in his ACL rehab to be back on the bike, to take this opportunity to then get the next contract and in turn, feed his family, you know, the basics in life. So there's a lot there to unpack, but there is some differences in this, but in the basic sense, Joey is potentially rushing the, inj the recovery back and AC is taking maybe the slow and steady approach and even maybe even the little too cautious approach. Um, so they're probably just on the opposite ends of the spectrum there, but just interesting that they both had the injury around the very same point. One is taking the other one's ride because the one is not ready and the other one is pushing to be ready. So just interesting there. I thought you guys might be interested in that sort of opinion there. It's a completely different take and nobody has mentioned that again from that view as to, you know, that they're so similar, but so far apart in the injury recovery timeframes. All right, guys, let's take another break. I'm Brighton Carroll, riding for Team TCD, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, we're back. Now let's jump into the Always Moto Fantasy League talk. Uh, remember, we, we're playing this over on Pulp MX, uh, and we are having a ball, or at least some of us are. And particularly this week, um, I'm having a ball because I managed to get the second week in a row over TJ um, from, from Moto X Podcho. So that's it. Yep, two weeks in a row, TJ. I got you, mate. Um, I'm going for three this weekend. See if we can make it happen. <laughs> but so from Denver, uh, our race or our round winner, I should say, uh, was Ben Grinley. He finally put a good round together, mate. Nice work, buddy boy. Uh, 262, you got out in front. You cleared everybody in the field by 30 points. And surprisingly... Second place in our league this week was three laps down. It's Mr. Clinton Fowler. He's been sending it every week trying to get high scores, and he's been at the other end of the field most times, and more times than not. But this week, he managed to pull out a second. 
For myself, I got fifth. I got 220 points. It was a reasonable round. I actually missed a fair chunk of points uh, on one rider, and it escapes me right this second. Let me see if I can see who that was here. Uh, it was, oh, that's right, Mumford. Carson Mumford did me did me wrong. Couldn't get in the double points. All the other guys managed to get double points. I got pretty good. I got full max points out of both All-Stars, so I was happy with that. Um, but yeah, Carson Mumford, 12 points. All right, and then who else? Where else? There's a few of you guys that skipped that round by the looks of it. There's that mulligan that you can purchase, guys and guys and girls, so that you can actually get your team picked and still get some points and stay in the hunt. And that hunt we're talking about is from the prizes for first, second, and third that we will be getting, having to get in touch with people after the Salt Lake round. So on that side of things, we always, as always, we have Goat Brand MX, who is our sponsor for the first place prize. They are giving away a set of knee brace socks. Uh, it's your choice of color, design, and size. Uh, so those guys at this stage are our first place winner and they is looking to be and if I get the right screen back up It's looking like so far that MX goat is the man for those socks He has a 19 point lead hanging into the last round over scrub and MBW Now second and third place prizes are up for grabs and that's from false neutral industries And that is a hat and a pair of sunnies uh, and in second is scrub and MBW and he has a Ooh, he's got about a 60-odd, 70-odd point lead over GMC230, who's in third. And fourth place is Mosso86. And MX Nut is in fifth place. Uh, and he's a little bit further out. He's about 30 points out of fourth, um, about 90 points out of third. And so I'd say that's it. TJ, you think you said to me you're a bit out. You, you're chasing those, those podium positions, mate. You're in sixth. I don't think you're making up that many points, buddy. It's not happening. I think the, the prizes are going to one of the top four, if I'm honest, uh, and that'll be MX Goat, Scrub and MBW, GMC 230, or Mosso 8.6. Uh, so good luck, guys, or girls. I'm not sure on those names who's what. Um, so hopefully you guys have a solid round for this last round. And then if you guys in that first, second, and third position, uh, get in touch with me. Send me a DM on Instagram or email me alwaysmoto2019 at gmail.com uh, for how we get the prizes to you. We'll put you in touch with Goat Brand. We'll put you in touch with False Neutral Industries uh, and we can work on from there. So remember to support those sites, guys. Um, go up, jump on their social medias. Please like their pages or follow their pages, whatever it is you're doing there on that app, um, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, whatever. Please like them across all platforms. Uh, and we are hopefully going to announce a few things for the outdoors Pulp MX Always Moto Fantasy League um, league here in the next week or so after the outdoors is finished. And we'll be getting more people signing up, so we'll put out the password um, and all that sort of good stuff soon. So if you want to play in that out, outdoor league as well, um, make sure you sign up, guys. We'll put the info out shortly. All right, let's move on. We're going to jump across to... Oh, sorry, look quickly, jump back into there. Remember, posting your teams, guys. Back to fantasy, look. post your teams up on these stories, tag Goat Brand MX and tag False Nutrient Industries. Do that each week. And when we do it into the outdoors, we definitely want you doing it. And we definitely need you liking those pages. All right, 
jumping over. So let's go straight into our interview this week. Uh, thanks to TJ Albright, our privateer Kawasaki rider, for joining us. Uh, and here's the interview, guys and girls. All right, guys and girls, now on the Always Moto podcast, we've got another guest that we are interviewing about an injury that he's had this season during Supercross. Uh, he rides a privateer Kawasaki. He's number 116. It's TJ Albright. Welcome on board, mate. Oh, thanks for having me. How you doing? Yeah, very well, mate. Um, it's good to finally catch up. We sort of had a bit of a, a false start last week with the interviews, but uh, we're here now, so uh, good to chat to you. So yeah, it's definitely cool to you know, meet meet over the phone. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those things we've sort of learned how to be electronic these last few years, haven't we? With all these sorts of uh, engagements and meeting people and doing interviews and all that sort of stuff. But it would be much nicer to do it in person, but it doesn't work out that way lately, it seems. Yeah, no, not at all. But you know, at least we can still get some sort of communication in. Exactly. Yeah. So look, let's let's jump straight into it. Um, you had a wrist injury a few weeks back at uh, at Indy, um, and things were a bit rough there, I gather, for a couple of weeks. But um, do you want to tell us about how that injury occurred and and uh, what you actually did specifically? Because lots of people say wrist fracture, but there's multiple different parts of that that could be a wrist fracture. So you know, what bone and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So we were in Indy. Um, and it was the last qualifying session and there was the double back across the start. And then it was like a three, three into that left-hander before like the wall mechanics area yep. and the last triple in the rhythm section, you know, it was super rutted. And I think I like drug peg and okay. it, um, like stole a lot of my speed and kind of like sent me into like a little bit of like a nosedive and it wasn't nothing crazy. Like it, it's so annoying how I've been getting hurt. <laughs> lately like it's very 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 frustrating and it was nothing like i didn't even think anything of it like yeah i'm a little you know nosedive you know i was panic rev just because that's your natural you know instinct when you ride yep. a dirt bike and something's going wrong you go to a panic rev so basically when i was panicked because it was my right wrist so when i was panic rev and i the front wheel hit the landing it jarred and like jammed my wrist so at first i was like man that like this kind of like hurts a little bit. Like it hurts more than just like a jam wrist. I finished the practice. I pull off the track because it probably was only, you know, like three, four laps left of practice, three, four minutes left. Yeah. Pull off the track and it's a far walk to the pits in the tunnel because we were pitted inside. And I said to my mechanic, who was the, my mechanic for the weekend, I said, dude, like I'm going to go get an x ray because my adrenaline's wearing off and like my <laughs> wrist hurts like really bad. Not, not setting says, well at that point. <laughs> Yeah, he was like, you didn't even crash, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, dude, like, this thing hurts. So anyway, I go get an x-ray, and they tell me it's broke. And I'm like, come on. Like, I from my knee to, I, you know, if we want to get into the off-season a little bit, I had a lot of, not a lot, but a, a, kind of a few injuries throughout the off-season that kept me off the bike a lot. And, like, I was just honestly like very very devastated because even like coming back from my knee and everything that the acl surgery i had last year you know indy realistically you know it's, it's easy to say but on paper on paper there's proof indy was kind of the best i felt all season coming into it and i was like you know i start to feel good and i get another injury so i ended up breaking i don't really know how to pronounce it's like lugnate or lugnate bone in my wrist oh the lunate um, 
Lunate. Yeah, it's really. It's I believe it's next to the scapeloid. It is. Yeah. Um, and so I'm super grateful that it was that. It wasn't the scapeloid. I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> and then, um, I, so on the impact, it uh, actually like fractured my radius a little bit, which is nothing crazy. It's just a, a fracture, mm-hmm. uh, and it was kind of like straight down and a little like little bit to the left. But again, it was a fracture, so it wasn't nothing crazy. The biggest thing with trying to come back from it was just the the wrist strength, right? Like. You know, once I did race, well, once I did race again, it was uh, just like the jarring of the whoops, just the impact. And of course, the the race that I come back to, there was three triple onto a tabletop or whatever. (laughs) It just was, yeah, just just to make it easy for you, mate. You know, yeah, yeah, they're just like, oh, he's you'll you'll be fine. Yeah, you're not the only one out there. Deal with it. So it was. It's it's the right wrist we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. So that do you think then that that panic rev, as much as it might have helped the bike position, you know, as you're flying there, do you think that like holding it there as you impacted is what did it? Yeah, that's what that's what the doctor did. So I went to uh, Doctor Bird because I'm based out of uh, MTF Millsaps Training Facility, yep, yep. and that's right just north of uh, Tallahassee, Florida. So I went to see Dr. Berg, who was like Ricky Carmichael's doctor, Davey's oh, nice. doctor. Yep. He did a bunch of surgeries on like Barsha. And um, yeah, he just does a lot of, a lot of, you know, moto guys. He's, yeah. he's yeah. very into it. He'll, like he, he was very straight up with me. He said, TJ, you know, with this, if, cause I told him, I said, you know, I'm, I'm from New York, like Foxborough. <laughs> I gotta be there. Cross, like I gotta be there. Like I can't afford to like miss these rounds and blah, 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 blah. And he was like, if you go, I'm telling you, you'll probably have 20 minutes on a supercross track or 20 minutes on a corner track. And I was like, all right, well, you know, sign me up. I'll, I'll go just because, you know, it's it's what it's what we do. Right. Like it's, you know, Cooper Webb kind of said it best. He said, I get paid to race. I personally I don't get paid to race. I mean, yeah, AMA gives us money, but it's in our blood. Like I didn't spend all this money in the offseason to be like, oh, my wrist still hurts a little bit that I broke, you know, three weeks ago, I'm the type that are just like, you know, if I can hang on to this bike and it's not dangerous for myself or the people that I'm racing against, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to line up and I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. You're 100% right about that. That mindset of, of all of us who, who ride a bike at any sort of competitive level, like you do just want to get there and you, like you guys put in so much effort preseason to, to make this happen. You know, you're lining up sponsorship, you're, you're training, you're trying to get a bike, trying to get it set up and then to have a little, you know, a little, we call it a little wrist fracture, but it's a fracture, you know, it's, it's still an decent injury to miss a couple of weeks just sucks. So yeah, I can understand you pushing as hard as you can to get back there, whether you, you know, hundred percent or not. So yeah, it's uh, it is just how we go about things as, as riders, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's just a hundred percent. It's a lot of it is, you know, it's the mindset. Like I had a lot of stuff go wrong. I mean, maybe we'll we'll get into it with my ankle stuff, but like there was a lot that was not going my way to to race. Right. And it's like, I said, the first time I called my dad, I said to my dad, I said, I'm racing Foxborough. He said, I don't want you to say like, he, not that I don't, he like, I don't, don't think like that, but he was like, be prepared. Like, don't get all this like in your mind that you're going to go race be prepared that you potentially aren't going to be able to race. And I said, dad, I'm, I'm like, I'm racing. And <laughs> it was just, it was one of those things that um, a week before Foxborough, right? Like I couldn't, you know, with my wrist, I really like couldn't, you know, take a 
bottle cap off because my wrist was just so weak. And it was still one of those things where, you know, it, it was weird. Like my wrist came around pretty quick, like the three or four days before Foxborough. Yep. I mean, yes, my wrist, my wrist was still jacked, right? Like it, it wasn't, you know, it's still like, even still, like it's not good, but, um, it was, you know, it, I'm, I just was able to make it happen with the mindset of, you know, yeah. I'm going to be there. And like I, like I said to my dad, I said, you know, I would rather go there, drive, because I was in Florida or MTF at the time. I said, I would rather drive 19 hours there and be able to do two laps and, you know, have to call it a day than just stay down here and be watching the race and being like, you know, what if, what if mm. I went, how would it feel, you know? And a lot of that shifts, you know the mindset that you look at it yeah and that would be way harder to watch it on the tv later on too so you know i completely understand yeah definitely so so let's so that you like you said that week you basically couldn't open a bottle cap at the beginning of the week it's changed quickly in a week to be able to at least hold onto the bars and hit whoops did you do anything like so at that beginning of the week is that when you just got like out of the brace or a cast at that point was that the first days that you took it off sort of thing yeah, it was right around that time. So um, I never asked because I was TJ, just um, Sorry, TJ, we're just losing you a little bit there, mate. Are you moving around a little bit or something? Yeah. Hello? Oh, there we go. I'll, I'll chop that part out later on. We'll go back to that question. So you just came out of the brace, I gather, at that point. So do you want to start from there, mate? Hello. Oh, there we go. We've got you. Have we got you there? Oh, uh, yep. I can hear you. Yeah, there we go. All right, we'll chop that section out. But let's go to um, let's go to the bit about um, if you came out of the brace at that point. All right. So yeah, I came out of the brace, and um, MTF has like this electronic wave stimulator. So oh, yeah. uh, it like sends you know electronic waves to the to the area, basically like creates inflammation, and then um causes like more like a red blood i don't know i'm really not a doctor i just know that this thing <laughs> this, it works like i really don't know how to explain it right yep but yep. it encourages so healing was, basically and it just promotes yeah you know the bone remodeling blood flow to the area yeah it's just a it's trying to bring in the good parts of the blood of the blood tissue like the nutrients in the blood to make you heal so yeah yeah so basically he wanted me in a hard cast uh i kind of talked him out of that telling him that nice um I wouldn't because that machine, it doesn't go through the hard cast. So I needed a soft cast that I could take off and do it. Yep. Um, but then with that being said, if since I wasn't in a hard cast, he wanted to see me back every week just to check, do x-rays to check on it. Yeah, um, make sure since I wasn't in a hard cast. He wanted to, you know, he's like, listen, I'm giving you this leeway, but you're going to come in here every week and we're going to, you know, check on this thing. So, that's fair enough. yeah, that's kind of got the cast off and. It was a, not the cast, but was able to, you know, start 
not using the soft cast. And that was like a Thursday. And then I said, you know, I'll give it Friday. I'll ride Monday. I'll ride Tuesday. And then Tuesday after riding, I'll see where I'm at and I'll drive up to Foxborough. Yeah. Because so then that, that was the Tuesday before Foxborough. But then, you know, I ended up rolling my ankle um, Sunday, late Sunday night. And I literally Monday, it was no more worried about the wrist. I literally, well, first I thought I broke my ankle because it like I literally couldn't put pressure on it. Normally, if you can't weight bear, like something's really wrong. And I uh, went to the doctors. I got an x-ray. They're like, no, nothing's broke, blah, 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 blah. So then I Monday, I'm not walking. And I, you know, at this point, the Monday before the race, it's I'm not racing because of my foot. And meanwhile, oh, I haven't even touched, I haven't even touched a dirt bike since Indy. So it's like, people are like, how are you hurt? How is your foot hurt? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Cause I haven't rode. Well, I just walking and rolled my ankle and this thing is the size of a softball and it's all black and blue. <laughs> and so like late Monday, Monday evening, I would say I could like force myself to walk right like i think i was just walking because i wanted to walk so bad but yeah. it was like super painful and i said i had some of my friends at mtf uh load my van for me because i couldn't i really couldn't do it like i i you know told them like this goes there that goes here and <laughs> i said i'm going i'm going to bed i'm waking up in the morning and i'm driving to new york because i want to drive there tuesday and then you know then i can ice my foot, rest my foot Wednesday, Thursday, and then I'll try to ride press on Friday morning and then I'll go from there. And it honestly like worked out decent, decent enough to where like I went, got home Tuesday, Wednesday, I literally laid, laid around all day with my foot in an ice bucket, Epsom salt, just doing everything I could to try to get the inflammation out yep. to just try to get my foot in a boot. Jeez. And so then Thursday, I'm driving up to Foxborough and, you know, like getting out of the van, even to get gas. Right. Like I have a really bad limp, even all day Saturday. Like I had a pretty bad limp, just, you know, <laughs> the track walk at five 30 in the morning. That was never even my plan because I knew that I wouldn't be able to walk the whole entire thing. And <laughs> you'll see like, first lap. It doesn't matter. It's still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was honestly like a crazy week, a crazy experience. Um, it definitely, you know, it's part of the, you don't love that stuff. Right. But it's, it's part of this kind of sport that, you know, that makes me love it. And yes, no, I don't love being hurt and I don't love dealing with, you know, injuries and stuff, but there's something that like, I feel a motocrosser craves some sort of like adversity and, you know, it's yeah. just the adrenaline and it's just, it, it's cool too, because, you know, it's like, it's not like I just gave up and, you know, I very easily could when my ankles, you know, black and blue and it's the size of a softball, I very easily could have just said, you know what, I'll, I'll try again, you know, next year or whatever. But I really, really wanted to wanted to be out there. And, you know, I think I proved that to the people around me that I really wanted to be at that race. But, uh, yeah, sometimes it's just, you know, the way stuff's dealt and, you know, it's just how you how you handle it and, you know, just, you know, we got through it. That's the only thing that matters. Yes, I do wish I would have did a little better because I believe that I could have done better even with the situation. But, you know, it definitely, you know, injuries are part of it. And it's just was another one that, you know, you just kind of got to climb over the hill and get on the backside of.
Yeah, definitely. Look, it's all character building at this point, isn't it? Too, it proves that you yeah. can sit, go through some adversity and still still come out the other side. So that's that's pretty good. So, look on the day in terms of the ankle. Obviously, you're probably just sticking it in the ice anytime you got a chance to. But did the wrist? Did you have to do anything on the actual race day to sort of make it get you through? Like, did you strap it? Did you get a pain and killing injection? Did you just suck it up and go through it? What did you do for that day? Yeah, so it was um, my my wrist and my ankle were taped all yep. day long. Nice. Um, so when I every time I pulled off the track, I had to just take my, my foot was throbbing okay. so bad that I could not keep it in my boot. So really? I would before I basically got back to the as soon as I pulled off the track, all I wanted to do was just take my foot out of my boot. <laughs> and so, uh, but when it comes to my wrist, um, I ordered a wrist brace a mobius wrist brace yep. while i was hurt and and anybody you talk to they're like oh when you start wearing it like it's super weird but then once you're used to it and you take it off it's super weird so it's one of those things that you have to ride with it to be comfortable right yes and so i haven't rode at all so i'm not comfortable with this thing i wore it during press day and it got a little better you know not like super confident in it but then on race day when you know the track's a little slick and stuff like that i truly did not think that i was going to be able to hang on with this wrist brace and on press day i tried not wearing it and i like jumped one section and went right back to where my mechanic was and said give me that thing because i need it and (laughs) but on race day i really i was not comfortable enough to to wear it so i just my wrist was only taped wrist was taped ankle was taped i didn't have any brace on my wrist yeah um but like I, I tried to i really tried to do the brace but it's just so awkward at first when you're you're restricted and i almost felt like i had a and it's my right hand too so i felt like it would have been way better with my clutch hand but yeah, the right is. hand yeah like i felt like if i was to twist my throttle i had to like push my elbow to my you know like radiator cap like there was no <laughs> wrist movement no they, it was they're... just so awkward but yeah i did go to the the medical rig and i got a tortoiseshell shot yep um and then yeah that's kind of i got i got the shot and you know just taped it uh martin davalos actually taped my wrist for me oh really um, yeah so because he uh he's got some other skills the there team. on the side <laughs> yeah oh yeah 100 percent. marty marty's <laughs> a solid solid guy he uh because with the uh firepower honda team being an mtf um i uh, probably know him pretty well i gather too then <laughs> yeah marty's the team manager of that so like we're always you know it, mtf really is like it's like a big family and, yeah but i go way back not way back but i met marty in like 2018 at uh when i was training at the carmichael farm and he was training there so like i've known marty for a decent amount of time so he actually uh like he's seen me over there me trying to tape my wrist and he walks <laughs> over he's like what are you doing give me the tape <laughs> It is hard enough to tape, even if you know what you're doing, let alone to do it on yourself. So like I'm a physio, I I know how to tape. I tape people all the time, but to do it on myself, it's not easy. So, and I'm pretty skilled at it. So I don't expect, you know, you guys to do it once or twice, you know, every so often to know what to do. So it's probably a good thing you came over and rescued you on that side of things. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, that's pretty good. So, and you mentioned in the one, we're just sort of setting up this interview that there might've been some stuff pre-season. Is there something else you need to tell us about other injuries you've had? You might've had a rough year, but all around by the sounds of this. 
Uh, I'm telling you, ever since February 19th, when I got my knee fixed last year, yep. it literally has, I truly feel that like I shouldn't have any teeth in my mouth because I've just <laughs> been getting kicked in the face ever since that date. So February 19th, I get ACL surgery. Yep. Uh, six months recovery. Um, I start riding. You know, I was in no rush because the biggest thing with me was I was getting surgery in February. So six months put me like right around kind of like August area. And yep. I was like August, September, October. That's three months to kind of ride here and there, you know, just get back into it before I have to go down for Supercross and train. Yep. So I, uh, August comes and I'm working full time with my dad up here in New York. And it's weird because like the beginning of my surgery, I was like, I'm going to ride every single day as soon as I get released. But I got released. And it's one of those things where I haven't rode in six months and I was working. And, you know, come October time, I rode my dirt bike three times since February when I got surgery. Yeah. So then I was like, you know, if I, I need to, if I'm going to do the Supercross thing, I need to, because the biggest thing was I was just so busy working that I really didn't have time. And the weekends, you're so tired. Like, I didn't want to just go ride. Yeah. So yeah, bad idea. I, uh, I said, I need to go back to MTF. And I need to start riding. So I went back to MTF um, October, like, 28th, I want to say it was, 27th, 28th. Yep. And I rode for three days. And November 1st, I crash or i didn't even crash actually another situation where i don't crash but <laughs> i overshot a triple in a rhythm because it was like my second day back in supercross and at this point i have three days on a dirt bike or it's like yeah five yeah. days on a dirt bike since february so like my timing was off it was just it was very weird yeah. and overshot overshot a triple i landed and i hyper extended my right foot and i tore my syndemosis ligament oh yep so that was that was brutal and I wasn't, uh, so that was November, right around November 1st. And then, so I started riding again, like the end of December, like maybe like I rode three days and then I went home for Christmas and then I started back again in January. Yeah. So there, there it is since February 19th up until January 1st, I got six days on a dirt bike. Jeez. So then I come back and then I get COVID. And so going, <laughs> it was so then I'm out with COVID and then I, um, going into the, anyway, going into the first race with injuries and sickness, COVID, this foot, ACL, everything going into the first race in Minneapolis, I had 17 hours on a dirt bike, which, yeah. you know, 17 hours is, you know, like a decent amount of time if you just ride 17 hours straight, but yeah, you know, that was 17 hours on it. spread out and across, you know, eight months. Yeah. So not fantastic. it's definitely it's not ideal. Even, even like right now, late in the season, like I've pictured by now, like it would be great, but you know, it's my race bike has more time on it than my practice bike. And that's just from riding at the races. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And I missed three races with being hurt. So it's just, you know, it's one of those things that it's definitely not an ideal year. And, you know, this is, you know, the points that, you know, you look at and you're kind of like super frustrated. Um, but again, it's part of our sport. It is what it is. And it's, it's, you know, kind of what I love. It's that, it's that unknowing factor of, you know, like what's going to happen. Yeah, fair enough. No, it's driving you, but that's, that's rough, man. That, that, that inter, inter comeback from the ACL and have those couple other issues. That's, 
that's not going so flash. Like that's pretty yeah, bad. No, it, it's um, it, every single time something happens, you're like, this has to be, you know, this is, this is just someone telling me so. Cause I'm, I truly believe in like everything happens for a reason. Right. Yeah. And like the, every single time, like, well, this happened because you know, your, your mind starts playing tricks and you're like, well, maybe I shouldn't race. Maybe I shouldn't, shouldn't race again. Maybe I should be done, blah, 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 blah. But then it's, you know, maybe, maybe it is the reason. Maybe I should have been done after one or 10 of the injuries, but you know, it's just, you just love it. And it's, it's such a thrill and it's, it what it's what wakes me up in the morning. So it's, you know, yeah. I don't really care how many times I'm getting hurt as long as, you know, I can come back from it and, you know, try to get as good as I was before I was hurt or get better than I was before I was hurt. It's just, you know, it's, it's part of it. It's sad to say that, you know, getting hurt is part of it, but what we do, like, it's, it's just part of it. Like, you know, yeah. when I broke my, even breaking my wrist in India, it's like, you're more pissed off that it happened than you are like in pain or like upset that you're hurt. Exactly. Yeah. No, look, it's, it is what drives us. And, and hopefully everyone listening to this, um, you know, is their moto fans. So they're going to understand that drive and passion that you're talking about there. Other people outside of our sport would not, but um, you know, the moto community, I think understands that exact thing. And I, I know I feel the same thing when it's happened to happen to me and I'm not at that same sort of level by far, you know? So it's, um, it's just well, it's just built into our, our, us the moto riders. I don't know where we get it from, but we just we just love the sport too much that we can't miss it. So, yeah, we just keep coming back for more more punishment, basically. But um, but no, it's it's uh, look, that's a it's an awesome story that you've gone through, man, man. But um, so what's the plans now? Like, are you is like obviously the, the last round here coming up this weekend's a, an East West showdown? But are you are you heading to that one or are you missing that one? What's your plans here? Oh yeah, I'm I'm driving there right now. I left my house uh, in New York um, this morning. I'm just doing the solo trip out to Utah. It's like 33 hours. Ouch. Um, yeah, it's brutal, especially you know driving out there for East West Showdown and like it's it's going to be hard, right? But I wouldn't be driving out here if I didn't think that I could get the job done. I know that you know sounds crazy to say with how my seasons went, but you know I dealt with a lot this season and it's a lot of it isn't well. And honestly, I feel better right now. I mean, I rode Foxborough and then I've been home for the past two weeks and my body actually feels more healthier right now. And I feel more <laughs> ready to go now than I have any single race this season, just from, you know, taking time off and not, you know, riding and getting re-injuring stuff or aggravating old injuries or stuff like that. Like, um, well, that it's tells just, me that you're on for a good result this weekend, mate. Like that tells me that you're actually oh, going to yeah. be clear of mind and not worrying about all these other bits and pieces of the injuries that you're trying to manage through the day. Hopefully you can just have a clean, smooth day and it, you know, you know, making the night show and making it through or such, you know, that'll be, might be what's on the cards for you this time. Finally putting all that effort that's gone, you know, through fighting through these injuries will pay off now. Yeah, that, that's the, that's the ultimate plan always the plan is you know for the day to go smooth and it to be super easy and race day be the easiest day of the week um it, for me it seems like it doesn't really work out like that it's always you know something but at the end of the day where my mind's at it's just super clear and you know i normally don't even like you know think about injuries and stuff like that just because you know you have you have to be clear-minded you can't think like you know even like at foxborough like it wasn't like oh my god i'm injured i'm gonna do bad it was more of like okay, I got to deal with this pain in my wrist and my foot. And, you know, it's, I need six minutes and then, yeah. you know, I'll deal with, I'll ice my foot after, 
you know, I need five minutes in this LCQ and I'll ice my foot after like going into the last practice in Foxborough. I literally said I need one lap and I can roll around the track for the rest of the time and rest my foot. Like I was, there was no urgency in me to, if I was, did a lap, got on the board, knew I was going to have a decent gate pick. I was completely fine with that just because, you know, it was, it was just managing the day yeah. where, you know, now the at Foxborough, the plan was to manage the day, but now going into St. Salt Lake, it's, uh, you know, all day I'm going to be telling myself, you know, you didn't drive 30, you didn't drive 2,200 miles, 33 hours to, you know, come here and watch any racing that you're, not you can, the 450 class yeah you can actually put some um you know you can actually put that mindset that you've been you know working on for getting through all these injuries you can actually put it to good use and be positive on the day now and, and attack the yeah. track that should be awesome yeah 100 percent. that's definitely the goal is to just the the clear mindset and just you know put it all to work definitely well, look, TJ, appreciate the time today, mate. But look, we'll give you a chance. Is there anyone you want to thank that's helping you get around to all these events and f- helping you through these injuries and such that you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, 100%. Um, I want to give a big thank you to my whole entire family. Uh, they, Ever since, you know, you're a kid with a dirt bike and you decide to do the, let's see if we can go pro, it's, it's a big sacrifice. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. It, it's a whole thing. So without every single person in my family, I would not be here today. Uh, Tim and Heather at TCD Racing, they, he does, it's my uh, suspension company. He's phenomenal, does an amazing job. Uh, he's been, been with me a while. Mellow Designs, uh, MTF, and, you know, big thank you to MTF because like little Brian, Colleen, Jacob, the, the gym trainer, if it wasn't for them, I would not have been able to race last week. And just with the uh, recovery machines they have from the hyperbaric chamber to everything else, it's just, yeah, nice. you know, they, they put a lot of money and effort into making that place good. And it truly is one of the best places in the country. So awesome. just, yeah, just a big thank you to all of them and uh, East State Jewelries of Toledo. And yeah, everybody else. Thank you so much. No, awesome, man. That's um. That's nice that you got that support there. And that's pretty cool that the MTF has got those, um, like a hyperbaric chamber and stuff. That's pretty awesome from their part. So that's that's fantastic. Well, um, look, we'll leave it there, man. Um, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us on the Always Moto podcast. And um, good luck this weekend at Salt Lake. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, guys and girls, we're back. That was an awesome interview. It was an awesome show. Thanks again to TJ Albright for joining us. We really appreciate the time from all these riders that we've had on the show over the past few weeks, and I should say over this past Supercross season, now that we're basically at the end. And we hope to continue those contacts and and interviews with all these guys over the next uh, outdoor season as well and bring keep bringing you this injury content that is like anybody else's. So... Just a reminder, guys and girls, jump online, send us an email, alwaysmoto2019 at gmail.com to get that t-shirt ordered. We need your size, we need your address, and then we'll talk to you about payment for that, which is $25 plus postage and handing. I'm talking Australian dollars, people. For you Yanks, you should be making a killing out of this because um, it'll trans- it'll convert to less. Uh, so jump on, order your shirt, support me, support the show, um, keep this thing on the road. 
Follow us on the social medias to stay up to date with all things injury and moto. And a prime example of that is that Eli Tomac update, which it took me, I put out basically on a Monday. We're here at the end of the week, and you wouldn't have known about it if you hadn't have seen that on that social post. So stay on there. Share those posts around, people. That helps us get more followers, more listeners. In turn, we'll get us more prizes and stuff to give away. So do me a favor, share, buy a t-shirt, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating. It all helps me. I appreciate it and I'll love you a long time for it. All right, guys and girls, another show done and dusted. Thanks for joining us. Remember to be smooth to be fast because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you right here in the Always Motor podcast in the emergency room talking injuries. We out.